What's up, Ukraine Media family? Vladimir Prognevsky here, and welcome to episode number 41 of the Ukraine Media podcast, where I serve a Ukraine Media family with weekly interviews from highly creative people. Today's guest is Mikey Borup. Mikey is the founder of a very popular YouTube channel called After Effects Tutorials with Mikey. His channel generated well over 194,000 subscribers and over 11 million views. Very impressive stuff. Mikey, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for your time. And let me know if I missed anything from the intro. Uh, you know, I think I think you got it. Um, hopefully, in the not-too-distant future, we can say 200,000 subscribers. I'm almost there. <laughs> you're almost there. So, yeah, speaking of which, so you're almost at 200,000 subscribers on YouTube, which is a very impressive number, by the way. Now, growing an audience on YouTube is not easy easy to do. You know, we have 55,000 subscribers with Ukraine Media. I know how hard it is to, to just even get to that. Now, how did you... How did you get your YouTube channel to grow to 194,000 subscribers, man? What is your secret? You know, um, I, I'm going to say two things. Um, one thing is I started a long time ago. Um, it's been six or seven years. I can't remember exactly. So the time, really, it just takes a lot of time. And that hasn't changed. It'll always take time. The second thing is is you need to kind of understand YouTube and, and what they want and that they are a business. And... Um, so if you can help them to be a better business, they will reward you by making your videos more available, you know, shown to more people. So you just, okay, if, if I was a business, what would I want, you know, people on my platform to do to help my business? And then you just got to do those things. So anything to help people to come to YouTube, to discover YouTube, to go look at other videos, uh, things like that, that help YouTube. You know, if you help YouTube, they'll help you. Basically, that's how you have to look at it. Now, if you had to do... If you had to start all over again, what would you do different on YouTube? Oh man, you know I'm kind of in that boat right now because I'm I'm looking at my channel and so a couple of years ago I um I really got into doing tutorials and I was doing two of them a week and it and for a full year I did two of them a week. Wow, it's um, <laughs> a lot of work. Yeah, yeah, and it was it was hard. <laughs> it burnt me out. But during that year, I really grew a lot, right? That's that's where I saw the most growth on my YouTube channel is is during that year. And um, but again, it burnt me out, and I'm like, okay. And I took a break, and I and I haven't got back into it quite as where I was before. And so I'm looking at my channel now, and I'm seeing I'm seeing some numbers not growing as fast as I wish they were. Um, you know, I'm seeing my views not where I want them to be, and I'm like, all right, I gotta get back into this again. And so over the last couple of months, I've been working on a way to to get back into it. So I guess I am kind of starting over again. I just happen to have uh, an existing audience. But to answer your question, what would I do differently? Probably just my focus and my branding. And um, like a lot of my earlier videos, I, I'm just kind of throwing stuff out there, you know, and I don't have like a, you know, I see some people that are doing almost like a, like a TV show, like episode one, episode two, like your podcast, episode 41. Right. Yeah. Um, and I, I had never really done that. And so that, that's kind of what I would change is really start with a more of a purpose. Now I'm curious with the, uh, with speaking of branding, you mentioned branding now, cause your YouTube channel is after effects tutorials with Mikey now, cause it's such a niche specific, if you think about after effects, so you pretty much kind of put yourself in a box, which I'm sure that was intentional. Do you regret doing that or are you happy you did that? Yes and no. Um, at one point a, a year or two ago, I I kind of did a subtle rebrand and, you know, I call it production tips with Mikey now. 
it, but the channel still called the same. You know, it's it's one of those things where I thought, you know what, I'll I'll change it to production tips, and then I, then I can go with any software. But then I still did only After Effects. <laughs> right, right. So going back uh, to your first love. <laughs> right, it's what I know. It's what I love. And uh, you know, I, I look at Premiere, and I'm not trying to say anything against Premiere uh, people who do Premiere tutorials. I just can't see a lot of different things you can teach in Premiere. I mean, it's such to me, it feels more like a basic program um, where once you learn it, you learn it. And all of the tutorials are just how to do kind of basic things. But with After Effects is so deep and there's so many different things you can do. Oh, yeah. It's like starting with a blank canvas on After Effects. There's so much you can. I mean, it's just like illustrative pretty much. And then once once you figure out how to do something, there's four other ways of doing it. Yeah. Now, were you able to get one of those Silver Creator Awards for having 100,000 subscribers? Yeah, I, I have it. I haven't hung it up yet. I actually have it. I'm looking at it right now. It's sitting in my office. I have a home office. Oh, so just a warning. I have a home office, so there might be some children screaming in the background. Oh, I have there some children not. in the background, too. One is napping. One is playing in his room. <laughs> but I, I have them stay put. That's what I usually tell them. Okay, I'm recording. Everybody be quiet. Be on your best behavior. <laughs> But yeah, I'm still waiting for that moment, you know, like that BBC moment when child walks right, right, in. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be priceless when that happens. Now, about that the Silver Creator Award thing, like how special is that, man? I bet you were so excited to get that. Yeah, you know, and I'm almost here to 200,000. And I'm so I, I'm like, hey, YouTube, can I have another one? Can I have two? Because it's 200,000. I don't think they can. Can you? No, I think I, it's only, no. okay. I have to wait nice. to a million. And I, like, I, I don't know if people can get a million subscribers in After Effects tutorials. It's such a, a small niche. I was surprised I got to where I am, actually. Well, if anybody can do it, I think it'd be you because you're already way up there. So maybe it's one of those, it's, maybe it compounds. Maybe it's like compound interest. You know, after a while, after you get to a certain uh, subscribable rate, I don't know, it'll just it'll go, grow much faster maybe perhaps. I don't know. We'll see. I guess we'll watch and, and see how that goes for you. Maybe. Well, and they, they came up with new a new one. Like I've got an older version of the silver plaque, and the new ones look. Oh, wait! Can you get the new one? I don't know if I can just trade. Can I trade my old one? Because <laughs> I think the new ones look cooler. So, but then again, you have the the older one, so that one's probably going to be more worth more. You know, years later, it's more of kind yeah. of antique by that by this item. point. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I was watching your interview on Video School Online YouTube channel back from like I believe it was like 2014. And you mm-hmm. mentioned that you're hoping to make a living online in your future. Have you been able to do that? Partly. Uh, and again, it's a, it's one of those things where it's eaten at me, right? Because um, I know it's possible and because other people do it. And I know if I just were to work a little harder, put a little more effort into it, um, do a better, you know, more updates do more this and that, whatever it is, I know I can get it to the point where it is a full-time business, but it's not yet. And so because it's not yet, I'm doing other stuff, which taking up my time that I, I want to be spending on my, on my online stuff. And it's this vicious cycle. I'm trying to, I'm trying to make money, but work keeps on getting in the way. Oh, I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that's why Sergey and I both just quit cold turkey and we're doing this full-time. Actually, Sergey right now is in the in Los Adobe Angeles Max. for Adobe Max. Yeah, so I'm excited yeah. for him. He's actually going to be on stage at 1 p.m. their time, so I don't know what time it's going to be. It's going to be like 4 p.m. my time. It's 12 here right now. So I'm kind of nervous for him and excited because he's my twin brother. And there's something about twins that, you know, I remember playing soccer. When one gets hurt, 
you feel the pain when somebody, if somebody's tried to fight one, you feel like you're being insulted. It's, it's a, it's a weird thing. It's just like, you're truly our one. So he's over there. It's his first big gig and I'm kind of nervous for him, but anyway, <laughs> derailing from the conversation. Now let's transition to your journey as a creative man. Let's start talking. Yeah. I'll, I'd love to, uh, love to learn more about how you got started in motion graphics. So, um, this is going to sound weird, but I, I'm not very good. <laughs> so, um, I, I've, I've learned a while ago that I'm not, um, I'm not really good at a lot of the stuff that a lot of other people are good at. And so I, I look at a lot of the other work out there and I get real jealous. I see a lot of, uh, really talented artists out there. People are doing, you know, the everydays people are, that are, um, showing off their work. And I'm like, oh man, that is so good. But <laughs> what I've discovered that I am good at is, is, is two things which is one of them is explaining how to do mm. something, explaining the software, understanding all the nuts and bolts and the inner workings of things like that and being able to share that with people. And then, then two is I can take, you know, other people's work drawings. And so a lot of the work I do, there's a lot of, uh, you, know, you know, people, mm -hmm. my mind just totally went blank. Um, there's an <laughs> artist that do a lot of the work, uh, you know, all the artwork to it. And then I'm doing the animation to it kind of a thing. And so, but taking someone else's artwork and then turning it into something that they can easily use, you know, rigging it up, turning it into a template, things like that. I, I do that kind of stuff uh, now and again, and oh, it's so much fun. Well, teaching is tough too, though. I mean, teaching is a skill and uh, everybody thinks they can start a YouTube channel until they start one. And then they quickly realize that to, to get to the number that you gotten, I mean, almost 200,000 subscribers, you're doing a lot of things really well, obviously. But anyway, going back to your conversation. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you. Um, so, uh, recently I had a friend ask me, Hey, can you, can you take this? I I'm doing these videos over and over and over again, and I need you to, um, can you help me out? So do you know, um, Andrew Embry? Yeah, I've heard of the name. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, we chat every once in a while and he's doing these things. And so I, I helped him out with a template and I used his designs and his stuff that he was working on because he's the artist. I'm, I'm just the, I like to be the behind the scenes guy, you know, the, you know, the guy that's running the control panel. That's, that's more of kind of what I like to do. And, uh, and so I, I helped him. I took his, his project and, and we, it was, it was like a Google thing or something. Oh, wow. And, um, and we took, took his stuff and I turned it into a template that he can just update really easily. And it was, a, it was a cool project and he, he was very thankful for it and it worked out great. And so, um, you know, I, I learned a while ago that that's what I'm good at. And there's a lot of people that need to understand that. And so I actually have a recent, my, my latest tutorial. I don't know if you've seen it yet. I did a long one and I usually keep my tutorials around, you know, 10, 15 minutes. Um, and so I'm like, you know what, let's do a long one. Let's show a whole process of doing that where we're going to make a graphical element and then we're going to rig it up spend a lot of time up front so you can save a lot of time later kind of a thing. And it ended up being 45 minutes and, uh, it's, it seems to be doing good. A lot of, you know, a lot of people are responding to it that wouldn't normally respond to a shorter tutorial. So that's kind of cool. Now, how did you get into teaching to begin with? Is it something that you just one day go woke up and like, Hey, I'm going to start a YouTube channel. Was it something well, like okay, that? Okay. So that's interesting. So I live in a small town in Idaho, right? Not a lot of uh, video work around here, you know, 30,000 people and half of that is oh, wow. a college, right? <laughs> wow. So it's a college town 
And I was actually teaching at the college as an adjunct professor. Uh, I taught After Effects uh, for the students there. And um, it, it's hard teaching adjunct. And they didn't want to give me a lot of credits. And so I was getting paid like nothing, right? <laughs> and because it was just a small credit class, there wasn't enough time to really teach them anything. And so I started making some videos that I put up on YouTube. I had a YouTube channel that I never used. I had a couple of videos on there that are just whatever videos, right? And so I, I put them onto that channel. Uh, I had, you know, four or five, maybe six different videos that were uh, extra stuff I wanted them to learn, but we didn't have time in class. And so I said, all right, you need to watch these videos in between class. This is your homework, right? And that was that was going good until I started looking at the numbers. And I'm like, I'm getting more views on these videos than I have students in my class. <laughs> uh, right? That's a good problem more than More than if they were even repeating watching it. You know, I had, you know, there was like 20 kids in the class and I was up to a couple hundred views on some of these videos. Right. I'm like, there's something going on. And I, I didn't even think about YouTube at the time it, that you could actually, the way I looked at YouTube was like a business card right? People aren't going to find your business card if you just throw them in the park. You have to hand them to people, right? And and that's how I thought of YouTube. Is like, well, I'm, I'm not going to get any views unless I send people to my video. I didn't realize that other people were out there just searching for these videos and they found them and watched them. It was it was kind of this new concept to me. <laughs> and, and, I, and I saw that it was happening and it was working. I'm like, there might be something to this, right? So I, I took some classes. I found... Um, other people online that were teaching about YouTube and how to kind of optimize your videos. And, and this was at the time, this was, you know, six years ago, YouTube was different. Six years before that, YouTube was even more different, right? How so? Uh, you know, if I would, that's one of those things I'm kicking myself over is when YouTube first came out, it was like 2005, I think. I was in college and I was making dumb videos with my friends <laughs> and they were After Effects videos, right? Special effects videos, really stupid things. But if you look at all the other videos that got, you know, went viral and had millions of views back then, they were dumb as well, right? Yeah. All those Pranks early YouTube videos. Exactly. Um, there's some old Mortal Kombat video where just a couple of guys are dancing right in their <laughs> dorm room. And it got like 10 million views immediately or something. It was it was something ridiculous like that. And I was doing the same stuff, but I didn't ever put it onto YouTube. And I wish I would have, Right. Because back then, competition wasn't as, as big as it is now. Exactly. I mean, and they weren't great videos, but they were funny, you know, right. and, and they had some special effects and not a lot of people were doing that on an amateur level kind of thing. But when I started the YouTube for my tutorial channel, there was lots of, you know, you know how there's like black hat and white hat SEO tricks and stuff like that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's lots of there was lots of tricks for YouTube at the time that because it was new, uh, I'm sure exactly. And and Google hadn't cracked down a lot of these things that are now considered black hat, but they weren't back <laughs> then. <laughs> and so there was lots of gurus out there, YouTube gurus. Here's how do you make your videos rank, and here's how you do this. And so I went through all those videos and watched them. Oh wow, that helped a lot, huh? It did to a point. Um, like it helped grow, and there was lots of little little tricks that don't don't work anymore. Um, and so I, I think, you know, starting now is even harder. And so people who are making it now, uh, you know, you're doing good job, right? Cause basically you could do 
You could do dumb videos. They didn't have to be great videos to begin with. As long as you had a lot of videos and you had the right keywords in the descriptions, you were making views. Um, you know, but Google comes and says, you know, oh, they have to be good videos now. You can't just make dumb videos. <laughs> no, I'm sure it's so much harder to break it in the industry now as it was back then. But I mean, it's crazy. Like if you look at the the quality of videos that went up big time almost overnight because more competition. So I feel like, you know, it's all about whoever hops on, on the platform, the quickest benefits the most. And after that, it's, it's kind of like a pyramid thing. And then it gets harder well, and harder to, to, to break a through. Point, yeah. Uh, to a point. And um, kudos to all the people who are making it now. And I was never really affected by any of, they had like things called like adpocalypse or mass, you know, they were mass unsubscribing people and all these different things because my content was never the kind of content that was, you know, uh, fleeting, right? I always did, you know, longer videos, very informative videos. It wasn't flash in the pan style content that was only popular at certain times. You know, it, it, it was more of a slow burn, right? It took longer to get people to watch it, but it was never the kind of content where people go, oh, that's kind of controversial or, oh, that's um, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, I don't want to do ads on that anymore. And a lot of people had stuff like that. You know, they're, they're doing, they're doing tricks where, uh, you know, they, they get girls with, um, with big cleavage in the thumbnails yeah. and things like that to try to get people to click on their videos and stuff like that. And I, I never tried to do any of that kind of stuff because it just, I don't just, know, it didn't you, feel right for after right. effects, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, that's kind of, I mean, I feel like it's best to just go, go after good work, make, produce good work. And then people will notice, right? If you show up every day and you deliver great work after a while, people will notice. And that's what happened to us. We just kept doing it. Being, I think consistency is what's something that people overlook. Yeah. And you know, in this day and age, ask people me, just, go ahead. People ask me, you know, what, what's the secret nowadays? And well, I'm like, it's easy. You got to make high quality niche-based, consistent content. How consistent? Like weekly, daily? <laughs> well, the more, the better. Yeah, the more, the better. And, and that's really all there is to it. If it's high quality, if it's, it's, if it's targeting a specific niche, you're not vague about what you're doing, and it's consistency, you're going to get noticed. I mean, it's, it's a matter of time. You'll get noticed and you'll get followers, and that's all there is to it, really. Do you follow any influencers on YouTube? Yeah, um... Like in the motion graphics world or in the YouTube world? What? I'm curious. We'll give you both. Let's start with motion graphics and then we'll just go through the whole world after that. Yeah. So being in this industry and being kind of an influencer myself, it's interesting because I, I get to meet a lot of cool people, which is fun. And I'm, I'm sure you're, you're doing all these podcasts. You get to meet a lot of cool people. Oh, yeah. People like you and Joey Corman, Chris Doe, all the, good, all the cool people. Yeah. So... Um, and and I'm friends with lots of them. I know lots of them. I I've I've known Joey for a while. Evan Abrams, me and him oh, chat yeah, every once great. in a while. We've we've done some stuff before together. Um, in the motion graphics uh, kind of thing, there's there's only you know there's a handful of people that are doing tutorials regularly, and um, you know I I try to follow them up with what they're doing. Who else is doing tutorials regularly? Um, now, now my mind's going blank. You know, it's interesting. I, I had Caleb Ward on the podcast. Oh, he's yep. from, from, yeah, he's School from Motion. School Motion now. And that's something something he said, that something that you just mentioned earlier. He said that it's usually the same people posting content over and over again. Like that's, that's the trend in the industry. It's the same people being consistent. And that's why those people are still growing. That's why those 
That's why those people are doing well, you know? But that's something that he said, and I thought it was interesting that it's just uh, how people are just not consistent. They get really fired up by YouTube channels, and they were like, that's it, I'm going to make these tutorials. But then they forget to be consistent. After like, what is it they say? You should try to do like 15 to 17 tutorials first in a row before like coming to big conclusions, right? And most people don't right. even get to that. But, it, you know, again, it's people like School of Motion, it's people like Evan Abrams, and I actually had Nathaniel Dotson, how familiar are you with him? He's from tutvid.com. He's up to, he's almost to 1 million uh, subscribers, but he kind of does a little bit of everything. But mm. something else that he said was just putting his face more out there in videos uh, was working. That's something he told me, he's like, Vlad, do more more vlogs, more like instead of doing tutorials, just kind of talking with just blank screens, just make sure there's a little video of you where people can see you, connect with you. And that, that's that been helping us a lot. Have you, have you been doing that as well? No, but I know I need to. I So that's a that's something I did on my last tutorial as well, is I had an introduction with me on it. And I'm like, I don't usually do that because it's so easy to just sit down and record a tutorial. It's all screen captured. You don't have to set up lights or cameras or anything. Oh, yeah. And I guess it's kind of a lazy thing because I'm like, every time I think about doing the introduction, I'm like, oh, I got to set up my camera. I got to turn these lights because I'm in a little little studio in my house. I have a we just built a house. Oh, wow. Awesome. Right. I'm really excited. And uh, there was an unfinished part over the garage, like a bonus room. So that's your 300 huh? square feet. Yeah. And I so I finished it off and it's I've got my desk in here, you know, green screen, some lights, a little workbench to tinker around on it, stuff like that. So I don't have to do much. I just have to take my lights that are set over at the at the green screen and turn them around towards my desk. <laughs> but still, it's just like, oh, I'll just do a screen capture. <laughs> now, where do you get your inspiration from? I mean, you're doing so many tutorials. How do you come up with new content so often? That's the hard part. And I'm sure you're familiar with this as well. You know, I like to watch all the latest movie trailers. There's usually cool, you know, typography treatments of the titles, how they come in. That's always kind of an inspiration. Music videos. I like to browse people's uh, reels just to see what other people are doing and what's popular. And then just my own work that I do for other people. I, I What I don't like to do is I don't like to do a tutorial on something I don't think somebody could make money from, right? People aren't out there hiring you to do, you know, muzzle flashes. That's that's not something that you're going to, you know, <laughs> pay your mortgage with, right? right? And so I try to do things that are real life things. You know, this is stuff I've done in my own work, or this is stuff that, you know, other people are doing. You can see it's a popular thing. It's, you know, some sort of trend that's going on. And, you know, so when you're done with this tutorial, you can take that what you've learned and apply it and do it on a job and make money. So that, I kind of want to have that mentality when I'm creating a tutorial. Now let's let's transition to your dark moment in your life, man. I want to because I know you you've been uh, freelancing for a while. You've been working for yourself. I'd love to hear what is your worst moment in in the creative journey. So probably when I got fired. <laughs> Boy, I, that happened to me too. <laughs> <laughs> so and oh man, I was working for this company. And I had just, I've been at it maybe a year or two, two years, I think. And I had moved, I was living somewhere else and I moved for this company. And I, I uh, how do I put this? So they weren't the best company to work for. <laughs> like the, the, the bosses, they didn't, they didn't know what they were doing. And I'm, I'm not going to name names. If anyone's <laughs> listening. 
but they they didn't really know what they were doing and and they thought just because they were the owners of the company that gave them all of the knowledge they needed in order to be creative and and so I was doing video production work with them and um but it, it was fun like I I had fun there and and we had our our disagreements and things like that <laughs> and um at, at one time I thought you know what I need to start building up freelance side stuff side work stuff and so I'm like how am I going to do that like I'm so busy working oh I can work weekends and evenings and things like that and so I get onto like Craigslist and stuff like that I'm looking for people that are looking for you know little production work and so I started uh responding to uh people's ads that were looking for full-time video editors but I was like going to ask them about hey, have you considered just hiring a freelancer on the side instead of an in-house video guy, right? And just trying to get some connections that way. Well, it turns out one of these ads I responded to was the company I was working for. And they got so mad at me. Wow. And um, because they didn't, they, you know, it was a blind ad. They didn't say anything about their company. They just said they're looking, right? And and I was kind of vague on my end. I'm like, hey, let's, you know, I'd love to talk to you more is basically all I said, right? I wanted to get a phone number so I could talk to them in person, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. And and the next day they pull me into their office and they fire me. And I'm, I'm just shocked, right? I'm totally shocked because I had no idea this was coming. And it wasn't until two or three days later I realized, wait a minute, they got mad at me because I, I had responded to this job. And, and they said, you know, you're getting ready to leave. You could leave at a, no, a moment's notice, not even let us know kind of a thing. And that's the logic they're using. And I was like, wait a minute, though. You're advertising for my replacement. You're doing the exact same thing. You're you're getting ready to, oh, to fire me. You can use the same the argument against for them. My job. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, how, how do you think, how secure I feel? Yeah. Knowing that my job is being offered to somebody <laughs> And they already had somebody like the, the, the day that the, it was the next day after I had applied for the job, they were there with another guy like, wow. and they, they escorted me out of the place, making sure I didn't like sabotage anything, you know, I, I've never been that kind of a petty guy. Right. So I don't know why they were thinking I would do anything like that. And they had my replacement already there <laughs> and they were getting after me about, like not letting them know and leaving at a moment's notice and they were sitting there doing the same thing. Now, what did you learn from this experience? What are some takeaways from that? That I don't want to work for anyone else but myself. That's exactly the same conclusion I came to when I was fired. <laughs> I was fired in this kind of similar way, not really. I mean, it's one of those things that there was an agreement and they said, hey, we're willing to try you out. It was supposed to be working from home. Five days out of the month, I would have to fly out to... Florida to work in the office and I live in Ohio and he's like we're willing to try you out till the end of the, the year which was like three four months later and then anyway long story short they kind of broke their agreement and said you're fired because I didn't want to move there for more than three months mm -hmm. or something like that so but that's when I remember when I received that email and like the whole room started spinning and I remember thinking I will never ever put myself in this situation ever again and so I'm just going to create multiple streams of income because I, I don't want to depend on just one source of income, you know? And right. that's pretty much after that experience, that's when, that's when I was like, you know, I'm, I'm going to get my hands in anything and everything I can. I'm sure that was probably the same for you, right? You know, and this was also the start of my tutorial because um, right after this is when I started teaching um, up at the college here where I live. And so, and that's when I started doing the tutorials online and things like that. So it was kind of the start of all of everything that I'm doing now. So... It, so in a way it helped you. <laughs> exactly. 
Because a comfortable job sometimes is what destroys all that, right? Right. You know, and I was um, I was pretty lucky. I uh, I was able to almost immediately replace my income doing freelance stuff within like three weeks. I think is all it took. Wow. Um, I was able to. I you know I networked a few people. There was a couple of people that uh, used to do video work with my old company that hated them as well, and so they <laughs> immediately jumped to me. So did you have a family back then when when you got fired? Yeah. Well, I mean, this was you know. I guess that was 10 years ago. So yeah, yeah, I've got, I've got a big family. Um, how many kids do you have? Six kids. Wow. How, how old is the oldest and how old is the youngest? Oldest is 14, almost 15, and the youngest is three. Mikey, I got to ask, how old are you? I'm 37. Wow, you started young, man. So I'm 31, I have two, and man, I don't know how you do it with as many kids as you have. <laughs> I think two is enough, man. They keep me busy. How many boys and girls? What's the ratio? I got one girl, she's 13, and um, the rest are boys. And Wow. wow. Well, at least, uh, at least you're not outnumbered. <laughs> <laughs> That's well, crazy. Well, kids to adults, yeah. You know, and my wife is amazing, and uh, so she can take all the credit. Wow. That's incredible. I come from a family of nine kids. I don't know if you know this. Oh. I came from, yeah. Wow, cool. So I'm one of the, I'm team B. So there's team A and team B, and I'm one of the youngest. Me, Sergey, and my little brother, Dimitri. Well, when I say little, he's like 27 now or 26. You know, it's hard to keep right, up with right. birthdays. How do you keep up with all the birthdays and ages with six kids? My gosh, man, I have a hard time memorizing. Oh, it's hard. <laughs> it's hard. You know, um, they're all in different months, which is cool. And uh, we don't have any that share in with any major holidays. So no one's in December, you know. I guess my one of my sons is near the 4th of July. But other than that, uh, everyone's in their own month. We, we gave them all all their names or different initials, so we, nobody has the same initial. <laughs> nice. Uh, is anybody into After Effects? Any of your kids? Do they watch your tutorials? You know, uh, they're a little bit young still. Um, but um, Andrew, my, my oldest, he's fourteen, and uh, he he's done some video stuff a little bit now and then. So I'm we're gonna try to get him into it, and he would love to, but he hasn't really just jumped into it as much, uh, just because I don't know. You know, my dad was a builder growing up, right? Mm-hmm. And um, our house was always in need of repair, even though that's what he did. That's funny. And I, I yeah. it's it's the same thing. Like I, I'm working in video and motion graphics all day long when I'm at home being a dad. That's not what I'm thinking about. Mm. Now, how do you balance, how do you balance work and such a large family? Like, how do you, do you have a system that works for you? Because I still haven't figured it out. I'm still trying to figure out how to unplug from this. How do you do it? So I've worked from home several times throughout my career, and the first time, first time I worked from home was right after I got fired. That what we talked about, and that was hard. That was hard. I had little kids. We had a, a brand new baby, and, and you know all the little kids, and I didn't have a really great space. You know where my computer was was in one spot, where I was trying to do some filming was in another spot, and you know it was lots of loud kids everywhere and it it was just hard. And so as soon as I could, I, I got out of the house and went into an office. But, um, recently, so we, we just built our house we're in now. Um, we moved in in May and it's kind of our dream house, right? Nice. We've been moving around a lot and we finally, we picked a great lot, got a lot of land, some big trees and, uh, designed the floor plan ourselves which was really fun. And, and we move into it. And while we were, building the house. It took about nine months. We were living in an apartment that was in the basement of where my office was, which was kind of cool because I could just walk upstairs. I didn't even have to go outside. You know, I'm not even wearing shoes and I walk up to my office. (laughs) 
And, um, and I got so used to having the kids around, they would come upstairs and give me a hug and, you know, whatnot. And, uh, ask for a quarter because I had a candy machine, you know, <laughs> That's cool. they want some M&Ms or something. And, uh, after we moved into the house in May, I was like, oh man, it's so quiet. I miss my family. <laughs> right. And so at that point I had, I had two employees working with me and I said, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm going to move home. I'm, I'm going to scale down the business. And, uh, so, uh, you know, we'll wait to the end of the month. So they had like four weeks to find other work and, uh, you know, let them go. And I moved my office home and it's just me now and scale down the business. And, and now I can focus on all the stuff that, um, I want to do and I like to do instead of all the stuff I need to do in order to support three different, you know, people's full-time incomes. What was that like telling the employees that, uh, you know, they have four weeks to find a new job? I bet that was a tough decision. It was hard. It was, it was hard. I mean, cause they're friends, you know, and they had been with me for, you know, three years kind of a thing. And, uh, and, and it, it was hard. And, um, we had a couple of long-term clients that were just constantly bringing stuff back to us. And we lost a couple of those because they, you know, just reasons. And so things were getting a little bit tight anyways. And so they, they were both like, yeah, we saw this coming. And so it wasn't, once we sat down and talked to them, it was, it was fine. And they both got jobs and they're doing fine. But, uh, you know, it was, it was one of the, cause I don't like to, I don't like to be mean. I don't like to hurt people's feelings. I, I try to be the nicest guy I can be. And so, yeah, that was a, that was a hard thing for me to do. <laughs> Oh, I bet. How do you go about finding clients? I'm curious because you had that many employees. What did you, I mean, finding clients is a hard thing to do. I remember when I got fired that one time and I had to, for six months, I was freelancing. I would go to any kind of business networking event that I could possibly find on the internet. I even joined one, uh, I forget what, what they're called now, but where you can pretty much like buy out a seat in your category where nobody else can join that category. And But it, mm-hmm. I didn't have much success. I'm curious how you went about acquiring new customers or clients. So um, I'm in a small town, right? So in this town, you have to be a jack of all trades if you're doing any sort of production work. Like I can't just be a motion graphics artist. I can't just be a colorist or a sound editor. I have to do everything. And so knowing how to do everything helped. You know, I'm not saying I can do everything perfectly, but I, I can do a lot of things, right? So video editing, photography, you know, drone piloting, right? And no one else in my town could do motion graphics works. And and so that was that was kind of a, a big plus because everyone else, there's a lot of video editors and stuff like that, but they were just doing, you know, uh, commercials for car lots and stuff like that, right? But but nobody knew how to like do an animated logo. And so I got a lot of work that way. And then the other thing was my YouTube channel. I was going to ask so you about you that. So uh, you, yeah, you talked about uh, how I, I want to try to do this full time. And it's not full time right now, but like my online stuff is probably about 25% of my income, which is great. Of the remaining 75%, about half of that comes from local work, you know, working with, you know, a dentist or the, you know, local car lot here locally. And then the other half of that is, is just through things, um, you know, online stuff, right? Uh, I've got a couple of clients that are just, uh, one that I've been with for a long time and they, they've been great. Um, they're out of Chicago and I do videos for them and I, I, I'm the voiceover for all their videos and it's all oh, nice. Um, That's cool. They, they found me through my YouTube channel, right? They uh, they saw the channel and they were, it was one of those things where every once in a while I get this email. They're like, well, we were watching your video and we're we're trying to figure out how to do this. 
and it was it was too hard. <laughs> like your video explained it great, but it's just beyond what we can do. So we thought, you know, what the heck? Why don't we just call you up and see if you would do it for us and we could pay you? And I'm like, of course I will. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Now, were you able to do any courses on like something like Udemy or anything like that? Yeah, I've got um, two of them that I've done. Three. Was it very profitable? Um, the first one, yes. And and that's one of those things where, and, and I launched it right around the same time when I was really pushing my YouTube channel and doing all the, the tutorials every week. And so things were really plumping at the time. And so it, it did good. You know, I, I've made a decent amount of money through Udemy. The thing with Udemy is you, you got to make it all in the first couple of months. After that, it's you kind of lose a lot of uh, steam with it. And then they just do sales like crazy and they sell everything for like $5. Wow. That's yeah. And that's the thing with Udemy is, is you sign the contract and like, uh, we reserve the right to put this content on sale for whatever price we want. And, and they always do like these really deep discounts. You know, you're selling your course for a hundred bucks and they're like $10. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I've I've purchased several of those courses for like nine ninety nine or something like that. Yeah. Right, exactly, yeah. But I mean, it's to the it's to the point where I still get a check from you to me every month, and it's it's like, oh, okay, you know, I haven't even, and I uploaded it, you know, like four or five years ago, wow, and it's still making money. So that that's cool. It's cool to do something a long time ago, and it's still making money today. Do you teach at any colleges? You know, I don't. It there wasn't the money in it. So I'm in a college town and every once in a while I think about approaching them. Hey, do you want, you know, want me to do some After Effects stuff? And then I just think about, cause they didn't pay a whole lot of money because I don't have like a master's or a doctorate degree. And if I did, then they, they pour all sorts of money all over me, but I don't. Huh, interesting. And so it doesn't matter what kind of real world, world experience you have. If you don't have the right degree, then they can't pay you. So have you done any conference appearances or speaking engagements, anything like that? Yeah, so um, I did Adobe Video World three different times, nice. and wow, that's, that's a cool. that's a blast. That, that's that's a lot of fun. What I love about Adobe Video World, I don't know if they're doing it this year. I think they might be doing it every other year. Huh. I haven't heard. They don't have an update on their on their website. But what's great about Adobe Video World is it's a small conference, right? Like Adobe Max is huge, and there's tons of people there. But Adobe Video World, it's like two hundred people, three hundred people. I can't remember how many people are there, and so the classes are small very intimate. You can sit down and like really get to know all of the other users. And, um, I met a lot of people there. I met, that's where I met all the, the people on the After Effects team. I got to, you know, meet Andrew Kramer there. Uh, he was at a keynote one and, and, and but when there's only a handful of people there, you really get to sit down and talk to them and, and meet everyone and get to know everyone. And you can't do that at Adobe Max as well. You can't do that at um, right. NAB, which if, if you've been to NAB, it's massive. Yeah, here it's massive. One of the, we're thinking about going soon, but no, I, I hear it's, and I've seen a lot of cool videos that came out from that. Well, here's, here's my NAB um, guideline. Don't go as a job. Like don't go to work. Just go to relax and have fun. It's a vacation. <laughs> if you, if you're trying to get all sorts of work done, you get stressed out, you get tired, but there's all sorts of after parties. You get to hang out with the Adobe people, the Maxon people, and there's lots of fun things you can do. And uh, that's where all the fun is in, in, in the after parties where you can meet meet all the people, get to talk to people. It's great. No, that's, and you know, I just looked at the time and man, we're approaching that hour. So I just want to ask you a few more questions, man. What's coming up for you? What's uh, What are you working on right now? So I am... Um, 
I've got a few things and, and that's one of my problems is I can't really put my finger, I can't settle down on one thing. I just <laughs> want to do everything, right? The struggle is real. I know, right? And, and so I, I want to do, in the motion graphics world, I've decided, you know what I need to do is I need to put out a great beginner's After Effects, After Effects course. I know there's a few of them out there, but there are, lots of them are old. And I just want to do a, just because I love this community, I want to do as big as I can as comprehensive as I can and as free as I can After Effects course. I don't know if it's going to be the end-all be-all or if it's just going to flutter in the wind, who knows. But that's one thing that I've got in the works. I've got a couple of plugins that I'm selling. Um, Cinemaspice.net is my my storefront where I sell plugins and tools and um, sound effects packs and things like that. And But I've, I've got a few, um, you know, technically they're presets, but um, I like to put a lot of effort into making these presets almost run just like a plugin with using nice controllers and um, and you make them all out of shape layers. And so they they work and run just like a plugin. I'll have to send you some just so you can see what they're like. Sweet, man. But I've got a few updates and a few new ones of those I'm working on. And then uh, a big thing for me, and I don't want to talk a lot about this because I'm as far as I'm not sure where I'm at in the of what I can reveal is I've got a, a Kickstarter I'm in the process of working on. I don't know how long it's going to take before I can release it. Oh, man. It might be a few months. It might be a year or two, but I'm really excited about it. It's a physical product, too. It's it's a it's a, something I designed. So. Sweet. Well, whenever whenever you come out with it, I'd love to have you back talking about it, man. I'd love to hear Love to interview you over about this product. That is, I'm curious where it is, man. Maybe by the end of the interview, I'll get. It. Well, I'll, I I can give you a little bit. It's a it's a new type of video light that has never been done before. So. Ooh, wow! And was it a pricey and project? Yeah, um, no. That's what's great about it. It's it's such a simple concept and design. Once you see it, you're going to be like, "Wow, why hasn't anyone done that before?" <laughs> wow, did you patent it? Like, is it like you say, a physical uh, product? Working on it. Working on it, so huh. Um, Curious to see what it is. This is pretty cool. So, when do you think you'll be done with it? So, I just uh, hooked up with a guy named Mark, who um, his business is to take people's ideas from concept to production, right? And so, I've gone through several different prototypes and I've uh, working prototypes, and I've built it like four or five different times. I even went out and bought 3D printers in order to, you know, wow. make all the parts I needed for it. And so I've got a pretty solid prototype. And he, and so I met with him. He's like, hey, this is a, this is a good prototype. I think we got something here. And so we're going to actually partner together on this and uh, get it to the point where he's going to help find manufacturing and a lot of design work. He's an amazing product designer. And so he's going to help me tweak it and get it to the point where we can say, bring it to the world and say, all right, this is ready. Let's launch this thing. So, what do you think the price? I don't know how long it's going to take. What, what, what price do you think? Price yeah, point? price point. What do you think? We're <laughs> I have no idea. I would love to get them in around the you know the three to five hundred dollar price point, but I, I don't know because right. And that's one of the things is like, I know how much it costs if I were to make them by hand, but if I were to get them manufactured um, in a big you know factory somewhere, start to finish, I have no idea what that's going to cost. And that's where you know this guy comes in is he he can get those connections and figure out those pricing. So. Wow. Pretty sweet, man. That's a big deal. That's awesome. Well, Mikey, one last question. How can people get in touch with you? All right. Um, so any way that they, they can, <laughs> I try to respond. So um, my YouTube channel, you can comment on the videos. I try to respond to them. Twitter at long live Mikey. 
is my Twitter handle. And um, I don't post a whole lot, but if people are asking me questions, I respond to them. Uh, that's a good place, you know, there as well. And then uh, cinemaspice.net, there's a contact page and that'll email me. Awesome. Well, Mikey, listen, thank you so much for your time, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, you can meet your family. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Mikey. Make sure to thank Mikey on Twitter at LongLiveMikey. And check out his website, cinemaspice.net. He's got all kinds of good stuff for you. And if you need links and resources that were mentioned during this episode, just go to ukramedia.com slash 41. I'll make sure to include everything there. Also, while you are on our website, check out our expressions course. This is a big deal. It's something that Sergey worked on for months. It has well over six hours of content, all for you. Definitely check it out at ukramedia.com slash expressions. Definitely don't forget to check out our online mentoring group on Facebook. It's absolutely free. We have well over 2,400 talented members in this group that can help you. And just, it's a great online resource and it's absolutely free. So you can't be free, right? So go to ukramedia.com slash community and join the group. Thank you so much for joining me on the journey of this podcast. I appreciate you and I look forward to serving you in the next episode of the Media Podcast. Bye-bye.